What's good, Portland? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. What's up, everybody? And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing great again. It's a beautiful day out in the Rose City. Sun shining. There's no rain in the sky. So strange. It's great. Uh, I will say <laughs> it could be a little better. Yeah. But just based on just based off of the last game, you know. But uh, you know, I still got hope. I, I still got faith. Um, yeah, we got it, It's gonna be tough sledding. I have faith too. Um, this last game definitely was tough for us. Uh, Lakers over the Blazers in a loss, uh, one sixteen to one hundred eight. Um, just going over the the box scores here. LeBron James with a double double with thirty eight twelve and eight. AD with a double double. 29 11 and 8 Lillard with 34 7 and 5 um CJ with 28 4 and 8 um it just seemed like the Lakers just controlled a lot of the game um especially LeBron James LeBron James was in dominant fashion this game which was kind of surprising because there was a lot of talk about whether or not he has a groin injury that his um is ailing to how much is how much that's really affecting him the last game he just kind of disappeared um what do you what do you think i mean wasn't the last game the game he had a triple double though no no so game game two oh, that was game one wasn't it? yeah game game one he had a triple double game two he was let me see here he was 10 7 and 6 that's right that's right and this this game he he seemed to just play a lot of bully ball controlled the pace um i mean we had we had talked about this briefly um i think you actually had mentioned that uh it might be a good idea to just control anthony davis as much as possible and let lebron try and beat you right yeah um i think last night he may have proven that he can and i think that's when the game was mostly like probably the closest is when we were restricting sort of AD's um, production offensively uh, in mm-hmm. the first half. I feel like he didn't even break ten points. Um, if he was pretty close to ten points, I think the first half he was fairly quiet. But AD second half he ended up with a double double. I mean, like I said, twenty nine, eleven, and eight. Um, great stats for him. Late in yeah, the fourth I mean, quarter, it's, it's... he just he was he was taking over the game. It, it did seem like there was a certain point after halftime that he just decided he was going to take over. Like, it was going to be his game to lose. Um, but I actually that's I'm glad you brought that up because there's something that's been bothering me ever since the game. Um, why in the world did Wenyan Gabriel only get four minutes? Oh, man. I, I don't understand that. I'm going to have like, to agree and i'm i'm going to stop you right there cuz i i want to go i want to go deep into lineups and the the Wenyan gabriel just why like why why wasn't he playing like it was so strange but we'll we'll get into that um it's a great point um i think it does kind of show why ad got going because it was just one less body to really throw at him an active body um, right and and not only that i mean you have you started whiteside and nurk which 
it could be it, it could be a great lineup, right? I mean, that's kind of what Blazer fans were hoping for um, before Nurk's return. I mean, that it sounds on paper, it seems like one of the most uh, dominant lineups in the league. Yeah. I mean, as yeah. far as your low post guys, I mean, you got a guy that's gonna that that leads the league in blocks, and you've got Nurk, who's just a presence down there, man. Like he he does everything, right? Um, yeah. I, I that being said, Whiteside to me, even in the last two games, has looked a bit lost. He's kind of reminding me of of. Uh, Myers Leonard, not not to throw shade at Myers because ooh, I actually ooh, think he's a really cool dude. Ooh, be careful. Uh, he's no, no, no he's White a real cool dude, man. But um, you know his defense was always suspect. He always played defense with T Rex arms. Um, it, he just he, he he was like Myers Leonard circa 2018, man. He just he he didn't know. He wasn't in the right spot. He wasn't he wasn't tracking his guy. You know. It, 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 it was weird to me, man, because throughout the season it seemed like Whiteside always knew where to be. He always he was always in position, and I don't know if the fact that Nurk uh, coming back is bothering him. I mean, in the broadcast they were saying he's totally embraced his new role, blah blah blah. But you know, I think we're actually seeing quite the opposite. I think, I think what it is is that he's just shrinking in these big moments, which is not what you need. From, from your big guy, especially a big active guy, because Nurkic isn't going to be that active presence um, just because he man, he just isn't as athletic as, as Whiteside well, well, and let's talk about that you know, Nurk, as much as we all love him here in Rip City um, he looks gassed, man yeah, yeah and I think that that obviously has to do with him missing most of the season, you know coming back from, from that injury and I'm sure, you know, the, the loss in his family is, is affecting him too. But, you know, watching him in the fourth quarter, I don't know why Stotts didn't rest him going into the fourth. You oh, know, let, let him get a few minutes of rest at least and then let him play it out. I mean, to keep him in there for so – I mean, was he, did he play the entire fourth quarter? I felt like he did. Um, but let's, let's get into that a little later. Um, I kind of want to wrap up talking about the Blazers real quick. Sure. Just, just talking about them. Um, the Lakers. So as far as far as um, AD goes, he made me eat my words. I said that he was a negative twenty for the first game, and that um, he didn't show up as a Pelican. And guess what? He probably heard what I was saying, and just <laughs> completely has been on a tear for the past two games. Um, the shooting magically shows up. Um, I mean, we knew it was going to, though, right? Yeah, but we, at, at some point. But we also were worried because in. In the bubble, the Lakers just had not been shooting well, and maybe they just needed um, needed some inspiration. And uh, they're playing inspired basketball. They're shooting 34%, which is sort of where you you want to be as far as uh, three point percentage goes. Um, the Lakers playing with more energy than us. So we we were talking about um, the rebound disparity. Um, just me and you yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers with 55, the the Blazers with 38, and that's that's pretty staggering. I mean, it's been staggering. It seems like the past few games. I mean, stemming all the way from the Nets game. Yeah, and I mean, the Grizzlies. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have a hard time limiting their opponents' offensive rebounds. It seems like the Lakers kept getting second chance after second chance after second chance. Um, and and 
you know, I, I don't, the thing is, I don't think putting in a high energy guy like Wenyan Gabriel is going to fix that. I think Whiteside should have fixed that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, he, he should have been sealing off his guy and, and grabbing those boards, but it just, again, it seemed like he was out of position. You know, Nurk was gassed, not, not being able to grab those boards. And, and, you know, it's tough going up against guys like Dwight Howard, like, um, um, JaVale McGee. I mean, those guys are pretty long, long centers that can grab those boards pretty easily. What's tough is that if, if you're going to be a bad rebounding team, you can't also be a bad defensive team. And we're, we're on mm-hmm. the lower half of, of defense for the NBA bubble. Um, mm-hmm. which which bites, but our our offensive power and our offensive just powerless with with um, with Dame and with CJ has been keeping us afloat. Um, and we've been playing sort of decent defense, but now we're getting kind of into the bad defense with bad rebounding, and that's really hard to win games. And, right, um, there were there were a lot of easy buckets that the that the Lakers had because, um, like you said, the the Blazers were just awful. On, on defense I mean you can't you can't have both and still right. expect to have a positive outcome right right and let's sort of talk about the good with um, with Portland so Dame Dame Lillard still showing up still mm-hmm. playing his butt off mm-hmm. um, you you start to think is the injury or is the injury going to eventually impact him with the broken finger or dislocated finger and it mm-hmm. didn't really seem like it was affecting him that much to be honest um, what did you, you know think? I actually well, I agree. Watching the game, I would agree with that. I actually read um, an article this morning saying that he it, it is affecting him a little bit, um, just on his on his uh, ball handling. His his you know when he catches the ball yeah, and he starts yeah. raising up for the shot, he he tends to back off a little bit. Um, that would make sense. I, yeah. I mean, that being said, he's still. He still came out and put 34 on him. Yeah, and he's know? still beating double teams, um, which is still impressive. His his manipulating the defense in order to get lo- open looks. Right. Um, CJ has a great bounce back game. Um, he he had a tough game too. Game two was not kind to him. Um, I had the stat up here earlier for as far as game two. Game two he was 13 five and three. Um, and he and he bounces back this one. Um, I think. He didn't have a particularly stellar game. I think he was sort of right where he needed to be in order for us to get a win and to give us a chance to win. He performed the way that he was supposed to. I, I mean, that's I think that's I think that's a, a good takeaway actually from this last game is even though uh, the Blazers had a hard time with the rebounds, they had a hard time on defense. They were still in this game, yeah. um, and without and without getting too much into the officiating. Um, you know, God. free throws. Freaking, man, you're oh talking 43 God. to 19. Um, so you know, crazy. W- w- I know. I mean, without getting too much into that, I mean, the Blazers were in it the entire game. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until late in the fourth that the Lakers kind of pulled away. I mean, really, we lost by eight, but really, it was a 10 point game. Yeah, and it it really felt like what. What let us down was was our bigs, our big play. Um, mm-hmm. Melo came out just fine, twenty six and two. He played with good energy, good defense. 
Um, it was actually surprising to hear Mark Jackson and Stefan Gundy um, praise Mello for his defense, which is something Jeff, he's... Oh, Jeff Van Gundy. Sorry, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> for, his, for his defense, because that's always been um, a criticism of Mello. Right. Um, and to hear that national broadcast of uh, him him getting yeah. like some props for defense it was great um you know i i think one issue uh with our team here is we've got three stellar scoring athletes right yeah they can put the bucket in from anywhere they want um i think the issue becomes the fact that these three guys tend to play one-on-one or, or one-on-two a lot of times basketball and they're they're not looking for the best shot um they're running the clock down i mean they're not always running the clock down i take that back because there were a few moments where cj starts coming in i, I think maybe eight seconds went off the clock and he hoists one up with a guy in his face like i i don't understand why we can't try to distribute the ball, make the Lakers run around a bit more. I think when we were playing with a higher tempo, we were passing the ball more. We were getting those open looks and, and, you know, guys aren't always, aren't always going to miss those. They're going to start knocking those down. The more that they're open, the more they're going to knock them down. Right. They're all professionals. Um, they're, they're in the league for a reason, except for Mario Hazonia. Um, (laughs) but I, that's another thing like i don't i don't know i don't know why we're playing mario hazonia why why are we playing i i know you said we get into this later but it's just it's it's like nagging at me no this is is the time why are we playing hazonia why are we playing anthony simons who hasn't played one minute in these playoffs right right or in this series why why are we doing that when our guard play has been fine yeah i i'm sort of in the same boat here because I wrote notes about we like weird lineup changes like so Collins has a season ending injury or a season ending injury and needs surgery um right. Anthony Simons um I guess they feel like should fill some of that void which doesn't make any sense we're going smaller we have dude Anthony, Anthony Simons-, Simons played 14 minutes and had donuts yep zeros across the board um he played with a lot of energy which is you know admirable but it's not really a position of need. Um, Wenyan Gabriel, four minutes. That doesn't make sense. He was playing yeah. stellar defense on Anthony Davis mm-hmm. the first two games. I mean, he got into foul trouble, which he's going to do because he's young. But at least you have that body to throw out there. You know, if the refs are going to give them however many uh, 43 free throws, you might as well have Wenyan Gabriel get six of those fouls to, to send him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. why why is that guy only getting four minutes? If you're going to play a bunch of Yusuf Nurkic, you better make sure that he's able to handle that load. And if you're running around, if you're, if you're Nurkic and you have to run around with Dwight Howard, with JaVale McGee, with Anthony Davis, all very athletic bigs. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people that could play heavy minutes against that because they are running all over the court and they're all very physical. So you need right. Wenyan Gabriel not to necessarily be productive, but to just be another body to take minutes away from Nurkic. Like, right. did we forget that this guy just came back from an injury? His right. his cardio probably isn't up to par yet. And even when his cardio is at best, 
we're, we can't expect him to run around with AD, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee the entire game. No, and he never has been able to do that. He's not that kind of big. No. He's absolutely not. So it was just really questionable calls by Stotts, um, in my opinion. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. Blazer fans are kind of wondering that too because we loved what we saw from Gabriel. We've seen flashes. At least put him out there and say, okay, I'm going to monitor the situation. He could... Well, give him give him a chance. Like, he played four minutes, what, in the first half? Yeah, at least give him Maybe it was another the first quarter. quarter the second half. At least. Yeah, I mean, give him something. Like, did he even have any fouls? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did he, did he play long enough to get a foul? Because if he didn't even get a foul, what's the point of even playing him? I... I... I agree. It's it's just one of those things that it's it's super weird, and I hope that the Blazers go over this and decide that Gabriel needs more minutes or that Nurkic just needs more rest. Um, I I have this little section um, that I wrote down here. What are what can the Blazers do to improve their chances? Um, and one thing that I wrote was be creative with the lineups. If you're gonna go small, go all the way small. Um, I, that's funny because uh, that's a note that I wrote down. Like, is it is it time to play small ball? I think it, just to see because because playing our two bigs doesn't work. I think you have to just. I think you just have to flash it and you have to show it and you have to, mm-hmm. and you have to catch them off guard and just go mm-hmm. really really fast with um, dynamic offense. So the it does seem like the Blazers catch the Lakers when they play. Uh, with a with a high tempo, fast tempo. Yeah, when you see the ball zipping around, I feel like it's it's in our advantage against the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're bigger dudes, yeah. But I feel like if you had a lineup of Dame, CJ, Trent, Mello, and Whiteside um, to just zip up and down the court, I think it might throw them off a little bit. Um, I think the counter to that, I think, would be against KCP Green. James, AD, and Dwight. For some reason, they just don't want to play AD at the five very much. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe the fear might be for Stotts would be the Lakers would counter with AD at the five. And that would be really hard to stop. But I think you got to at least try it. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you gotta you gotta start thinking outside of the box, right? Because what they're doing now isn't quite working. They're they're hanging in there, at least this last game. Um, even the first game, I mean, it was a close game. They they were hanging in there the entire time, which I think is actually a positive takeaway here. But you know, whatever it is that you're doing right now isn't sealing the win for you. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um... Another another thing that I wrote was um, let Nurkic get his minutes when AD isn't on the floor. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I agree with that just because I think Nurk's your best center. He's your best big. Yeah. I yeah. think you, I think it's it's pertinent to have him out there while AD's out there just to counter the punches. Okay. I mean I mean if if it, when when Nurk is hitting, when he's engaged and active, you can't stop him, just like you can't stop AD. Now, granted, I would say AD is probably a bit better than Nurk, uh, at least down in the low block. But I think I think you have to have Nurk out there. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's just challenging because we need to find a way to give Nurkic to get Nurkic into lineups where he's going to succeed against lineups that he's going to succeed and I don't know if him going up against the energy of AD is necessarily advantageous for the Blazers but it's just something mm. something to watch something to explore um, another thing is that well, you okay, know, go ahead. well you know what AD doesn't run that much when you're watching the games and he's not he's not sprinting up and down the court like someone like JaVale McGee might do. Okay, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like I think I think he can actually pace with with AD just fine. I think what it comes down to is the fact that the Hassan Whiteside of earlier in this season has disappeared because Whiteside should be dominating JaVale McGee. Yeah. He, he should, should he should have the upper hand there. He should have the upper hand on the aging Dwight Howard. Yeah. But he's not. That's that's true. Another another point that I I brought up or that I wrote down here was um, I haven't seen a lot of mellow post ups against smaller guards. I haven't seen that sort of switch. I think, especially late in the fourth quarter um, yesterday, we saw a lot of like an absurd amount of isolation basketball, which drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. And the one isolation ball that I think that we have the biggest advantage is having mellow on the block off of a switch. So if you get mm-hmm. if you get Contavious Caldwell Pope on you, like back him down, get in the block. I mean that should be buckets all it day, right? It should be right? buckets all day and it should force a double team by the Lakers at least where you get the ball zipping around for an open 3. And that's what we, we you sort know, of I don't need. know if they're I don't know if they'll ever double team Carmelo. Yeah. I mean that's that's fair, but you you have to make them think about it. At least, sure. Maybe flash it. Flash it. Sure. Um, and I, I, I think, I think that's kind of our X factor. I mean, we had talked about Gary Trent Jr., which we'll get into in a second. But I, I think that the X factor in this series has to be Carmelo. He has to come out and dominate his matchup. He has to. I mean, yeah. I know he's against LeBron, but get those switches, like what you're saying. Get those switches. Start, start throwing those screens around and get him on a smaller guard. Have him back down in the post. I mean, there was there was he had a moment last game, uh, last night, and uh, I I don't know how many buckets he hit in a row, but he was on fire, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. You could tell he was feeling it, and uh, it seemed like that lasted for all of maybe a minute and a half, and then Melo disappeared. Yeah, and speaking of disappearing, um, Gary Trent Jr. Where has he gone? Where has he gone? Really? Um, come, come back, please. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> he's been so great in the in the in the bubble, and he's been such a nice surprise. Um, I don't know if it's just maybe the lights are too big for him, and is just he's just not. You know, playing I don't his think game. that's it. I, I will I will give the Lakers credit that they are playing better perimeter defense. Uh, that's that's pretty evident from last night i mean there was one there was one sequence where they got three blocks straight oh, right yeah that was awful i think they what was that there was uh was it dame or cj no it was gary i can't gary remember trent twice it was gary twice and then okay. it was um it was dame once yeah okay 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're regardless of of who it was. I mean, they're they're swarming on the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're out there with high energy, um, and and they're playing efficiently on defense. I mean, Danny Green, we knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew we knew it was coming. Uh, it just happened that it it happened last game. And as far as the the reason why I bring up like whether or not the lights are too big for Gary Trent Jr. I mean, we did bring this guy up. He's playing in important basketball in a playoff, in a weird situation in the bubble. And, you know, he has the tall task of guarding LeBron James. Um, that's his assignment. He's got to run around with LeBron, and you, you just kind of feel like LeBron's going to get his, but he was dominant last night, and a lot of it was in Gary Trent's face. It was, and I think Gary may need to, to settle down a little bit and stop shooting for the steal because uh, I saw that multiple times and I where I appreciate the effort and the the confidence to go after that you got to stay in front of Braun yeah yeah so of this of these three games um we've seen you know different like many colors of of who the Blazers are who the Lakers are and so, like, which of these three games do you think best represents, um, like, what's what we're going to see for the rest of the series? I mean, I so I think game two was a fluke. I think the Blazers kind of fell asleep at the wheel and the Lakers took advantage. And I think this last game, the Blazers had the opportunity to take advantage of a lazy Lakers team in the first quarter, but they didn't capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they weren't looking for the right shots. They were playing hero ball in the first quarter. Um, I think this last game is probably what we're going to see from here on out. Um, hopefully with a heavy or heavier dose of Wenyan Gabriel. Um, I I don't see Gary Trent Jr.'s minutes decreasing because I think you need him out there. You need yeah. him on, on that second unit to apply the pressure because uh, these other guys aren't going to. I mean, Mario Hazonia, I've been saying it all season. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, you got to stop playing that guy. I I just don't understand what the coaches see in Mario Hazonia. Like, the guy... I don't either. The guy's playing such heavy minutes. Um, game two, he played... He played 21 minutes. I guess I, some of it was Well, this in... last game he played six, but... Okay. I, I mean, you can give think... that to somebody else. I mean, Jeez. you can give it to Jalen Horde. Yes. He's a, he's a rook, but let's see what he can do because Mario Hazonia is a huge negative. Yeah. And honestly, we're just... What sucks is that... I Okay, first of all, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say that game three is probably the best representation of what this series should be for the rest of the series. Um, but we're playing Gary Trent Jr. and we're playing Mario Hazonia and we're playing Anthony Simons and either or Wenyan Gabriel. All we mm -hmm. really need for them to do is not even have a positive impact, just to have an overall neutral impact. And I think Gary Trent and Mario Hazonia have had negative impacts um and it just kind of sucks because mario hazonia we had high hopes for this guy at the beginning once once we acquired him i'm like hey this guy could could flash us something i think 
And uh, sure, I mean he's got he's got some ball handling skills. He can he he seems like he can dish the rock, but you know he just it blows my mind that a professional basketball player can blow wide open layups <laughs> over and over and over again. It's crazy. A layup. Dang. Yeah, man. The guy, I think he had one good game during the bubble yeah. that I saw yeah. where he was he was draining them from beyond the arc. He was. It seemed like he was locked in, but, dude, it's so infrequent. I, I, I think we're kind of beating a dead horse here, though, with, with Hazonia because I, I guarantee everyone feels the same way. Yeah, every, everyone um, does, I, especially the Twitter Gary, world. Twitter world hates him. Right. Yeah. Uh, but going to your point as to Gary being a negative, I mean, I maybe in the box score, but I think I think the guy brings out a lot of fire, a lot of energy. He 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 brings the pressure every time he's out on the floor. I I don't think you stop playing Gary. I think what you got to do is stop playing Mario. Yeah. Play play Gabriel more. I mean, give him at least ten to fifteen minutes. Don't you can't. You can't limit him to four minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see if he was injured or not, but it didn't seem like it to me. It didn't seem like it to me either. Um, I think as far as um, like the lineups go, I'd, I'd like to see Nurkic and Whiteside late. Um, I think we flashed that too early in this last mm-hmm. game. Uh, it All bubble, it's shown that that has been like one of our most productive lineups with Nurkic and Whiteside together um, mm-hmm. with our active guards. Uh, and I'm just hoping that, you know, this next game, we find a way to really slow down AD, to slow down LeBron James, and to just... I mean, what are what are you, what are you ha- more happy doing? Are you more happy having these shooters try to shoot three-pointers and trying to sh- shut down the superstars? Or do you want the superstars to get theirs and and lock up the perimeter? What what do you think would be best? I mean, I think it's a two edge two edged sword here. Um, the the guards for the Lakers played well. Um, it seems like LeBron and AD are gonna get theirs regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you try and I, I think you still try and contain them. I think you still have Gary out there trying to to put some work in on LeBron. I think you still have um, Wenyan, Hassan, Yusuf um, out there trying to to give AD fits. But I mean, it's hard to say, man. Uh, after that last the last two games, it, it's really hard to say because it seems like. If you control one of them, uh, pertaining to to AD or LeBron, if you control one of them, the other one seems to step it up. And I, and I think that the Lakers showed us um, that they have a few levels, right? They have yeah. they have a couple of gears that they can hit. Whereas I think maybe we're seeing that the Blazers are kind of a one trick pony right now. Yeah, I'm I I'm feeling that way too, um, and that's why I'm hoping that maybe Stotts could be a little more creative and and inject some some fight into these Blazers because you could sort of see the last two games kind of wearing down on us. Um, but I still have hope. We still have Dame. I mean, you got to have hope. Yeah. You have Damian Lillard, right? In Dame, we trust. Dame, we still have CJ. Am I right? We still got Melo. 
We got a dude that looked like the weekend. And honestly, <laughs> like, the Lakers are ugly. Like, they got LeBron James balding. Alex Caruso balding. <laughs> AD, <Yeah>. unibrow. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> At the end of the day, we still look better. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can take solace in that, right? <laughs> What's good, Portland? <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. Again, Portland, don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.